All right. Welcome to the Jerry. Welcome to today's episode of the Jerry's World podcast. On today's episode, I finally got my first guest. And with that, I want to welcome my guest, uh, my good friend Jake Sosha to the Jerry's World podcast. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm great. You know, just got finished up with dinner, had the family over. It was nice, but uh, they just got out of here and I'm excited to be doing this with you. I've been looking forward to it. Oh, I know. I've been I've been looking forward to it too, my friend. I've been looking forward to it too, honestly. And you know, I'm first off. I want to say I'm surprised. I I got to five episodes. You know, I thought I would after the first one. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I didn't think it would be a good thing for me to do this because, like, you know, what? How could I continue it? How how would I? What else could I talk about? But I figured, you know, I realized that, you know, I'm enjoying this and whatnot, and you had expressed that you would want to come on and be a guest eventually, so I figured, you know what, why not? Why not make the first episode of 2021, you'd be my first guest. I do have other people reaching out to me to want to become guests as well, so hopefully this will be a continue, a thing that continues where I have guests on and more guests on in the future, and, you know, maybe you can become a guest more and more frequently as well. You know, maybe I'll just become the host of the show at some point. I'll take over Jerry's world. Oh, you'll take over Jerry's take, world. Take the reins re- from you. Take the reins from me. Rename it Jake's world. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, who knows? <laughs> You're gonna have to buy it from me, honestly. Uh, right now, value is at about five dollars, five dollars and sixty nine cents. Oh, you you value that yourself? I value that myself. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually getting an appraised tomorrow. Actually, after I get out of work. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful, honestly. All right, so well. Let's get right into it. First off, we'll go into the NFL playoff preview of Super Wild Card Weekend. Six intriguing games this weekend. Three on Saturday, three on Sunday. Fantastic triple headers awaiting us this weekend. How excited are you? I am very excited, especially since my Bills play a one on Saturday. Then after that, I have five other games of football that I just get to sit down and watch. But my there's going to be a lot of good games this there weekend. There is going to be a lot going to be a lot of good games there is going to be a lot of good games honestly you know honestly there was a lot of people, there was some people expressing disappointment to that uh the bills were not in prime time and i really didn't understand that because well, like me, every playoff game is prime time because you have your own spot and it's televised to the whole world anyways exactly i never like really understood that for me it just takes that little pressure off where all right the bills win saturday great now i just have five other football games to watch and just relax knowing my team's already through Exactly. Having to sit there, watch other teams while and worry about, oh, the Bills don't play till Sunday night. All right. What's going to happen with them? Exactly. That's the thing. Like the thing is there is like, you know, once the Bills game is over now, you just need to if if the Bills win, you just need to see like who they play after that. Right. Because uh, look, on the, because the thing is, though, you know that they don't have to play the Chiefs uh, until potentially the AFC championship. Just got to figure out who they play. Uh, but uh, the thing is, though, is like Indy. We're going to begin with the Bills and Indianapolis Colts anyways. You know, it's the first game on the schedule. The uh, the Bills are coming in incredibly hot. They've won their last six games, outscoring their opponents by two, a score of 229 to 110. Uh, it's honestly, Josh Allen, you know, potential MVP candidate. Uh, top two, in my opinion, honestly. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, he's going to be the MVP in my eyes. I said that uh, all along. But with what Allen has been doing, he's been tremendous. He's carried the team behind, carried the team for the most part. But I don't want to say carried the team. I mean, he's got great people around him. You know, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, John Brown went healthy. The defense has been exceptional as well. Oh, especially, 
Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, the defense has stepped up, especially after after we went into the bye week, after we played Arizona, our defense for the first half of the season was looking very, very shaky. And then I think it was probably around that Chargers game in that uh, second half interception by uh, Tredavious Lloyd. After that, you could really see the defense taking those steps forward that we have had in years past. And for some reason this year, I don't know if it was to lack of preseason, but they just weren't to the what everyone expected them to be, I guess. They kind of took a step back from where they were last year. I, I'll agree with that. I'll agree to that. Uh, the lack of preseason, like, really played a – well, I should say no preseason, actually. Uh, yeah. No preseason no actually preseason. played a huge part in not just how the Bills started out the season, was, but how the rest of the league started out. You know, every offense in the NFL this season was just off to a hot start. It seemed like every single week it was just a high-scoring game and defenses couldn't do anything about it. Now, I get the NFL is always trying to make it more of an offensive game with there's less holding calls this year on the offense and this and the other thing, but man, it was fun to watch. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you know, well, you know, you know, I'm not a Bills fan. I'm a Giants fan, but the thing is though, it's like, it's not like I don't support the Buffalo Bills. Like I'll I'll definitely support the hometown team. You know, they're doing, they're doing exceptional, Uh, but Indy's no pushover. I mean, they've got, uh, they've got a good running, running back tandem with Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Frank Reich, you know, former Bills quarterback, great head coach, uh, doing doing wonderful things right there, right there in Indianapolis, returning to town as well. All right, it's gonna be fun to see him back in town. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> uh, Indianapolis defensive coordinator Matt Matt Elberfluss, you know, uh, a cover two guru with three pass rushers up front, and DeForest Buckner and Danico Autry as well, and Justin Houston. You know, that Colts defense. Uh, it's kind of no pushover. I mean, you know, it's going to be nice to see what tricks Dabble has up his sleeve. Mm-hmm. I think my key to the game is it's going to be the quarterback number 17, but not for the Buffalo Bills. It's Phillip Rivers. He is going to be the make or break from the Indianapolis Colts that game. He has never been really great playing in a colder weather situation. I think in Buffalo this weekend, we're looking at 30s. It's going to be sunny, but we're looking at like 30s. So it'll be interesting to see how he looks out there when the cold. I'm curious to see if the weather is going to play much of a difference to him. But that is my make or break to the game right there is uh, Phillip Rivers and see what he can do. I like it. I like it. I think uh, I'm going to do I'm going to do one more. I'm going to go a step further into that, actually. I think it's going to be the the Colts run game versus the Bills run defense. Okay. Okay, I I think. I think that if Phillip Rivers, you know, has a average to below average game, I think the Colts will rely on that rushing tandem of Taylor and Hines, especially with how with how Taylor performed this past week and with how Hines has been consistent for the most part in the latter half of the season. I think that if the Bills are able to stop the rushing tandem, that yeah, and that that takes away Indy's offense right there for the most part. Because the thing is, though, is like Buffalo's offense is just on fire right now. A team like Indianapolis does not want to go into a shootout with them, with the Bills, because that's some that's a that's a game that they're not going to win. In oh, my opinion, not at all. Like you said, Buffalo's offense has just been on a tear recently, and this is one team right now. I'm not trying to be biased, a Bills fan here, but there is two teams right now going into the playoffs in the AFC that I wouldn't want to see, and Buffalo is one of those teams just by how they have been. Now, though, the Indianapolis Colts are going to give the Bills some issues. I guarantee you that it's going to be a hell of a game. But I just think Buffalo is on such a tear right now. 
it's more of what are you going to be able to do to stop Buffalo and not how is what is Buffalo going to have to do to win? Oh, 100% agree, 100% agree. And that's why I think the Bills will win their first playoff game since 1996. The 6,700 fans that are going to be there are going to witness something amazing, in my opinion. And I think the Bills are going to win this one by a score of 34 to 24. Okay. Okay, see, I was thinking... I was going to go around, I think I thought it was going to be like a 28 to 21 game, something around there. But oh, more of yeah, a I, thought gonna, I thought it was going to be more of a defensive battle, but I, li- I like that prediction as well. I think uh, I say 34 to 24 only because I feel like Buffalo will pull away in the fourth quarter a little bit. Okay. I think it, I think it will be very close in the first three quarters, but once that fourth quarter hits, I feel like, you know, something's just going to tick with the Bills offense or maybe even the defense get a stop, defense get a stop here or there, you know, because like you said, Phillip Rivers uh, just doesn't really do well in cold weather. That may play a factor too. But we're going to move on to the next game after that, and that's the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Seattle Seahawks. And this, honestly, this should be one of the – this is the game I'm actually most excited to see. Uh, in my opinion, the two division rivals that hate each other going head to head in the playoffs, a great, two, uh, a great def- a great defense in the Los Angeles Rams going up against uh, Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf of the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, what, what do you got going on for this game? What are you looking for in, in this? Well, what is interesting to me is how LA has come on more at the end of the season. Um, they started playing better football, looking more like of a team football. But what's interesting to me is Sean McVay actually is five and three lifetime against uh, Pete Carroll. And for some reason, whenever I feel like I'm going to watch the Seahawks and the Rams when it was under McVay, I always felt like McVay was going to take that battle. I just think Russell Wilson has shown in the beginning of the season, he's been an MVP caliber quarterback. But towards the back half of the season, he just hasn't been the same to me. And I don't know. It's just going to be interesting. Russell Wilson, if like we were saying in the beginning of the season, uh, let Russ eat, the Seahawks kind of got away from that. And you saw what had kind of happened. I get they are 12-4, yeah. and four, but they aren't the same Seahawks team that they were in the beginning of the season. No, I agree. Yeah, let Russ Cook wasn't ha- – let Russ Cook uh, wasn't – was there uh, – it- it really got it really what honestly i think the game against the giants really turned that really made it look like you know let russ cook wasn't happening yeah. in my opinion when uh they when they lost uh, to the giants against colt mccoy and well the giants defense just played really well that game i think that was a turning point in the seahawks season and how we could you know determine whether or not they can contend for the super bowl but uh one thing I'm looking for for the Rams is who's going to play quarterback for the Rams at this game. I mean, Jared Goff is still coming off of thumb surgery, and who knows if he can go or not. If he can't go, then John Walford will make his first career playoff start against the Seahawks defense, which is actually just allowed only 12 point, 12 and a half points per game during their four win during a four game win streak. Now, John Walford actually, you know he did the job he got he did he did the job last week he got it done against the cardinals and the cardinals in my opinion like they're not the C- i mean they're not the seahawks uh no. the cardinals were a very shake a very shaky inconsistent team if it wasn't for beating buffalo they would have had like a they would have had like a six game losing streak at one point including a loss to the patriots which in my opinion was a very bad loss on their part 
So, but uh, I, but John Walford, you know, got the got the job done. The Rams defense, he though, he honestly. wasn't terrible. Actually, what was he? He was like twenty two of thirty eight, which isn't terrible. But thirty eight attempts for a backup quarterback in a game coming in—that's not bad. That's not bad. I mean, it also doesn't help that the Rams really don't have a rushing game. Not I mean, yet. Cam Akers, Cam Akers hasn't been healthy all season, yeah, it's been so inconsistent to say the least this season. Yeah, the Rams as a whole have been an inconsistent team. I mean, it's like a roll, like a roller coaster, or or even a heartbeat. Actually, you know, up down, up down, yeah. up down, up down. But um, uh, assuming golf comes back from his uh, broken thumb, Seattle, in my opinion, would need to just like shake, rattle, and roll him with blitzes and winning the occasional one-on-one matchup. I think yeah, because, if you get uh, pressure on golf, you just make him a shaky quarterback. And he's maybe a game manager quarterback at best to begin with. And if you get pressure on him, he just kind of falls apart. Jared Goff is not worth the money that that contract was given to him, in my opinion. What do you expect when you go to a Super Bowl? (laughs) This this is true. A Super Bowl where you only put up three points for crying out loud. But um, uh, I think the Rams would be better off starting Wolford, Wolford, in my opinion. Because if Goff plays with that thumb, yeah. you know, Cam Akers, very incon- not healthy cons- on a consistent level. Um, uh, it's just they're going to try and throw they're going to try and throw the ball like 50 times with Goff. And with that thumb, that's not going to work. You're better off starting Walford. But we'll see what McVay says come like Thursday or Friday. Maybe he'll just keep it internal, too. Uh, what do you think the score? What do you the score prediction for this game? What do you think? Um, in this game, I am going to take Seattle. I'm taking Seattle 35 to 14. Or 35 wow. 7, 35-17. Sorry. I don't think the Rams really have what it takes to stop this Seahawks team, especially in playoffs. But, you know, maybe I could be wrong, but that is my prediction. What are you thinking for this game? For this game, I'm taking the Seahawks. In a close one, I'm going to say 23 to 20. And I think it goes to overtime, actually. Oh, okay. So we got a, we got a good four o'clock game on Saturday is what you're saying. I think it will be a def- I think it'll be a defensive game. I think the defenses will live up to the expectations for how they've been performing. I think if, and this is all, I'm basing this on if John Walford starts. Okay. I'm basing this off on John Walford starts. I don't expect Jared Goff to start at all. I think he will do enough with him. He will do enough for the Rams offense because they still have Cooper Cup. They still have Robert Woods. They have the receivers. Um, you just got to simplify the offense again for him, honestly. But uh, I think the Seahawks will take this one in overtime, 23 to 20. It'll be a good game. Classic NFC West battle. Moving on to the Saturday night game uh, between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to Washington and taking on the Washington football team. You've got ultimate (laughs) underdog taking on potential Super Bowl favorite. I still still think the Redskins are better than the Chicago Bears, but that's not what we're talking about here. Um, that that's that's right. not what we're talking about. One of them's a division champ, and the other one backed into a playoff spot. We'll yeah, we'll, we'll hit that in a couple. We'll hit that in a couple games. It's just not. 
Washington has a good defense, but I just don't think they have what it takes to stop Tom Brady and this offense, even if Mike Evans, if that is, if Mike Evans doesn't play. You still got Chris Godwin. You still got Rob Gronkowski. You still got A.B. I mean, what are you going to do to style? I get Chase Young is a very great pass rusher, but you're still playing the GOAT and Tom Brady. I think this one intrigues me in many ways. I think that that Washington will keep it close, in my opinion, for the most part. I agree. I agree. I mean, Washington's defense only has allowed 20.6 points per game the entire season, and it could get very interesting if they stop the run because, and even put apply pressure to Brady because at 43 years old, and even even before this season, Brady never really ran around a lot with oh. the football. He kind he kind of just stood there in the pocket. If that front four can get past Tampa's offensive line, which has been very inconsistent yes. in my opinion this season, yes, it has. They. They could provide a lot of pressure to Brady, and if and maybe make force Brady to make a mistake maybe, or I two. Mean, and, I mean, your Giants did it in the two Super Bowls. They played Brady. All they did was get pressure to Brady, and you make him not look like a great quarterback. Exactly, exactly. That's the thing because I mean, it also it also helped that like we played Brady earlier in the regular yeah. season, both those super before both those Super Bowls. But the thing is, though, is like Washington has been playing really good football as of late. Um, They did deserve to win the NFC East, no matter how bad of the division it is. And I think that having Alex Smith as their starting quarterback in this game will also provide some playoff leadership and also and also, you know, kind of light a fire to the team because. They still they have Antonio Gibson, they have Terry McLaurin. Both of those players, you know, they will be able to make a pl- make some key plays on offense as well. Yeah, and but sorry I think- to interrupt you, but what is isn't Washington like five and two in their last seven, something like that? So they're in kind of a role here going into playoffs. Exactly, exactly. And they're at and they're at home. They're not going – I mean, I understand that, like I, – I understand that, like, home field advantage doesn't really mean a thing and mean a thing this uh, postseason. But the thing is, though, is, like, Washington – I mean, I, I still am a firm fa- believer that playing in cold weather does play a factor. I mean, Brady knows how to play in cold weather. for years. So he won't be effective. Yeah, so is Gronk. Gronk and even so A.B. in Pittsburgh. But the thing is, though, is most of that, most of Tampa Bay, like, you know, I, I, I need to take a look at their roster and I will admit that and see like who, where they have played before Tampa Bay, if they haven't put uh, read before they were on the box. I don't know how many players have actually been able to adapt to the cold weather. But the thing is, though, is that it's not like they haven't, like you said. And that's why I think Tampa Bay will pull away in the fourth quarter. Washington will keep it close. But because of Brady and the offensive weapons that they have, and their defense isn't awful either, I think that uh, I think that they'll pull away. I would say thirty-one to twenty-one. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you there. I think actually, no, I think it's gonna be even lower than that. I I'm thinking around. I'm thinking the Bucks are gonna score twenty-four tops, 
And then Washington has been scoring around 20 the past couple weeks. So it'll just be be around there. I think it's going to be a low scoring, just kind of defensive battle for me. Again, another one there. Another one there. Okay, good. So, so we've got, so we're predicting three pretty entertaining Saturday games. Oh, yeah. I don't see Uh, any, there's probably one game that will be a blowout. But other than that, I think it's going to be all close games. I really yeah, think it's going to be that. a and fun I... Saturday and Sunday. You can just sit back, crack a couple beers, and watch some football all weekend. Does it get better than that? No, it doesn't, especially, you know, since neither of us have to work on Sunday. So it, it's just perfect, honestly. Right. And I think we both know what game is going to be a blowout. Well, it, 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 the game that is going to be the blowout, it is going to be – you can guess it. The New Orleans Saints, Chicago Bears. Oh the yeah, Chicago yeah, but... Bears might be one of the worst eight and eight teams in recent history. I think. I honestly think that the seven and nine Washington football team is better than this eight and eight Chicago Bears, just based solely on the fact you start a season five and zero, oh, five and one, excuse me, and you finish eight and eight. It doesn't get worse than that. It it doesn't. It doesn't. And actually, you know, I was going to go into the Ravens. Titans oh, yeah. Sorry, game, sorry to we'll skip over them. No, no, no. We're good. We're good. We'll go, we'll, we'll go into. All right. I'm just intrigued. No, I'm intrigued have, by this Ravens-Titans game. I'm intrigued by it. You're intrigued by it? Hey, that's perfectly fine. I was going to continue the conversation with the Bears and Saints, but, you know, we'll go. But if you want to switch to the oh, Ravens, yeah, let's, let's just go in order. Sorry for skipping ahead. I thought you had asked me what game I think is going to be the blowout. I did right, that's ask you that. I said we both know what it is. I'm agreeing okay. with you there. Right. I'm agreeing <laughs> with you there. But we're going – yes, the Ravens are going to Tennessee. I think this is the most evenly matched game of the weekend, honestly. Baltimore's trying to avoid a third, uh, losing a third game to Tennessee in the last calendar year, and the Ravens are attempting to finally win a postseason game in the Lamar Jackson era. But no team has a worse pass rush than Tennessee, both in pressure rate and sacks. Uh, but the Ravens pass fewer than any team in the postseason, so it doesn't really much yeah, matter. Yeah, you don't really want I think to rush is... Lamar too much. You kind of want to show that you're coming, but stay back as soon as you come. He's gone. He's a guy. He's a guy exactly. who can't pass rush against, anyways. So this is going to help out the Tennessee Titans. Oh, my! I've, it's going to be a it's going to be a rushing game. Oh, I'll, it's I mean, what do you expect game. when you have Derrick Henry on going? He passed two thousand yards last week. Congratulations to him. It's a big accomplishment. But what did you expect in this game? It's going to be a great game. It's going to be. But for me, this Ravens team is one I did not want to see going in the playoffs. You didn't want to see either team yeah, going into the playoffs. That's, Let's that's be honest. True. I just think these Ravens, they after Lamar Jackson had to go take a poop. This, this <laughs> he did have to take a poop. He <laughs> he pulled a Paul Pierce. He pulled At least he didn't Pierce. get a wheelchair. <laughs> um, but no, this Ravens oh team God. after Lamar went and did what he had to do, they have been like they were last year. It is fun to watch this team. They're just. Lamar Jackson is this team, but bravo to Jim Harbaugh for uh, John Harbaugh, excuse me, John excuse Harbaugh. me, um, you're good for you're good. drafting this kid and saying, Hey, let's do what we need to do to build around this kid and his strengths instead of going to a team like, say, Sam Darnold went to 
and the Jets were like, we're not going to do anything to help you. You figure it out, basically. Yeah, no, and I agree wholeheartedly. Congratulations to John Harbaugh for getting this kid and sticking with him and giving him what he needed to be successful. Oh, like I said, I wholeheartedly agree. Baltimore has always been a rushing team yes. anyways. And it's not just with Fulmar Jackson. It, they had Ed Swift, uh, Gus yeah. Edwards, J.K. Even Dobbins. Even Super Smart, Bowl, you know. it was just basically the defensive rushing. Um, that was really how that team won that Super Bowl. I get they had Joe Falco, exactly. Flacco, but he, you know. He's not, a, not, not elite. really a not great elite. quarterback. <laughs> no, not elite. Running, rushing, rushing, and defense wins championships, in my opinion, and that's what's gonna, and that's what may determine this, uh, uh, determine who wins the Super Bowl, in my opinion, in uh, in a pass happy league that uh, everybody tries to make it out to be. But uh, I'm a firm believer in that. But uh, the matchup between Henry versus uh, the ball, uh, uh, Henry, and the run, the matchups of the running backs in the rushing game is w- what everybody's looking forward to in, in, in this matchup. And I think we're gonna look, we're gonna have an offensive uh, we're gonna have an offensive shootout in this game in my opinion. It's gonna be a classic. Whoever gets the ball last is going to win the game type of game. And this is another one where I think it will go to overtime. But um, I'm taking the Titans in this oh. game, and and in classic. Derrick Henry, I'm just going to bully the fuck out of you, bowl you the fuck over fashion. He's going to win the game for Tennessee in overtime again. Uh, and I'm going to say this game, and I think it's going to end 40, actually scratch that. I think, we're, I think we may get into the 50s. I think it's going to be 52 to 45. Okay, see, I am going the other way than you. Even though I do have money that Lamar Jackson is going to start 0-3 in his young career in the playoffs, I have money against it. I do think Baltimore is going to take this one, and I am with you. I think it's going to be a shootout. I am going 38-30 to Baltimore. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. I like it. You know, we're we're looking at some good games, and then we're – Let's let's just jump right jump headfirst right into the worst game of the weekend. There's a reason that this game is on Nickelodeon. I feel for all the kids that are going to watch this. I mean, you're better off taking the game off and putting on reruns of SpongeBob SquarePants for the next three hours that this game is on. The Bears head into the playoffs. They backed in after losing to the Packers and have and after the Cardinals lost to the Rams. They head into New Orleans where Mitchell Trubisky is going to make his second playoff start. And the Saints are optimistic that Alvin Kamara will return from the COVID-19 list. And Drew Brees is also coming off of three touchdown performance week 17. What are your takes on this game? Other than the fact it will be a blowout. Um... There's not really much the Bears are going to be able to do to stop this Saints offense, in my opinion. I think the Saints are going to be able to run up the score. Um, and Drew Brees is just going to be Drew Brees. Um, if Kamara returns from injury, you just have a whole extra issue to worry about. Um, but I, I, I just don't see anything the Bears will be able to do to stop this team offensively or defensively. No, I agree wholeheartedly. I don't know. It's just for me. I don't know. I just I'm trying to find an argument to say, okay, maybe the Bears can do something to make this game close, but I just can't seem to. 
I can't either. All right, let me pull up the spread. Let me pull up the spread right now for you. Currently, uh, the over under is uh, forty seven and a half right now, and the Saints are favored by ten. Now that could change before sun before uh, think, Sunday's matchup. You think if Camara comes off COVID, you think it goes up? <laughs> Camara, yeah, that's exactly what happens. If he come if he comes off the COVID nineteen list, uh, the over unders hitting uh, changing drastically, and so is the uh, point, and so is the spread for the Saints uh, in terms of being favored. Um, uh, I think the Saints will cut. Co- I think the Saints will win. The Saints will, you know, honestly, just take the Saints minus 10, in my opinion. Uh, the Saints are going to win by more than 10 in this game. I think that they'll win by two touchdowns, maybe even maybe even two touchdowns in a field goal. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think um, it's going to be like their week eight matchup was where it was 26-23. They, it was the same no. team that didn't have Michael Thomas. And it was Nick Foles had started that game. But I just don't think it's going to be that close anymore. I would take I would no, take I'm that good. ten as well, and I would just put the house on it. That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying put is the put house the house on, on it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna put three more runs <laughs> on it uh, for the Saints minus ten, in my opinion. And if the Bears win, I'm out of a home. <laughs> I just don't see anything Mitchell Trubisky can do to go up there and get in a shootout with Drew Brees and the weapons he has. Nah. Uh, 34 to 10. 34 to 10. Wow. Oh, you're generous given. I, I, I get the bears. I get I'm generous the, giving I the, give the bears, bears 10. touchdowns. I'll go, I'll go 38 14. Oh. We're going 38 14. Yeah, 38 14. Okay, 38 14. So we're taking the bears. So we're, ta- so we're taking the Saints, uh, winning by more than 10. Um, uh, Winning by more than seventeen as well. Um, uh, we're gonna move on. We're gonna get get away from this game. I don't want to talk about it anymore. We're gonna move on to the last game of oh, Super Wild Card Weekend, and that's the Cleveland Browns heading to Pittsburgh to take on their AFC North division rivals, the Pittsburgh Steelers. This being the only the third time that they've met in postseason play. The last time being a faithful a fateful afternoon. Back in 2003, and back in 2002, when they met in the AFC wildcard round again at Heinz Field. Uh, this game, a lot has come out uh, for this game today. Yeah. Uh, a lot of news Not coming out. good for the Browns. Well, coaching staff, at least. That is a tough loss. I just... I don't know what you can do with that. Like, how much is a coach not being there going to affect the team, you know? With Kevin... I think it's going to affect them heavily, honestly. I mean, Baker Mayfield uh, like relies on Kevin Stefanski a lot in terms of his play calling ability. Uh, Browns ownership and the front office, they trust Kevin Stefanski to lead the Browns offense. I think that a lot of what Baker Mayfield is able to do, he won't be able to do um, uh under Stefan, what without Stefanski, I think that the Browns are going to re uh, go more towards a run oriented game now with the Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. But uh, I mean, Pittsburgh, in my opinion, will just stack the box and try to limit them as much as they can. But I think you got to get just pressure on Big Ben. He has shown this season he cannot throw the ball downfield well. 
and Pittsburgh leads the league and drops yeah, passes dude. all season. They Talk also can't run the ball. Team that had everything going for them, and then all of a sudden, all the wheels just fall off the train. I mean, starting eleven and all, well, and for this to happen, I mean, I get they're still the three seed, but I just this is the Browns' game to lose, in my opinion. I I'm going to agree with you on there, and you know, honestly, look who look who started all of this for the for the Steelers losing to right. Washington. Losing to Washington. I mean, yeah, you're right. They're still the three seed, but the thing is, though, is like I said, they can't they can't throw the ball downfield. The receivers drop the balls too much, too many times. They're more worried about at all this year, in my opinion. The Ravens' rushing game has outgained the Steelers' rushing game in in five games. Yeah, I saw that stat today. That was mind blowing. In five games alone, the, the Ravens have outrushed the Steelers' entire season, which, in my opinion, was crazy. I, I couldn't believe, believe I that stat. I was like, wow, they, that's unbelievable to me. Yeah, I think – yeah, because I, I saw that on Twitter, actually. It was shared to me on Twitter, and I couldn't believe that. Uh, let, let me uh, – yeah, the Ravens have 1,337 rushing yards in, in their last five games. And the Steelers only have 1,351 rushing yards this entire season. So it's not exactly the Ravens are out rushing the Steelers in their last five. They're, but they're almost on par with the Steelers rushing in their last <laughs> five, which is ridiculous. And, I, and I, it just goes to show that, like, maybe the Steelers are out of their depth here. And I do think that... Even though Kevin Stefanski won't be the head coach, but uh, I'm I am going to take the Browns in this one mainly because of what the Browns have around Baker Mayfield on offense with not just the running backs but also Jarvis Landry and Peoples Jones as well, and also I love the defense as well. I love that kid. He is a hell of a football player, and in my opinion, to me, this is a kind of a hot take right now, but Baker Mayfield is better without OBJ. That's not I'm, – I'm agreeing with you there. I think Odell may be on I his way out of Cleveland at the end of the season. Having a star like that, I'm clearly not there. I don't know what kind of a locker room guy OBJ is, but I just feel he's one of those guys that's about me, me, me. And for a young quarterback like Baker Mayfield, it's just not good to have there because Baker's always probably thinking, all right, I need to get the ball to OBJ so he's not mad. And he's forcing something he doesn't need to. Now, get Baker isn't the best quarterback from that draft by any means, but he was still drafted first for a reason. No. Exactly. And he has shown exactly. over the past few and weeks the- that he is more than just a game manager check down quarterback. Agreed. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And you're right. He's not the best quarterback to come out of that draft class. He's the third best, in my opinion, because you had the other two quarterbacks that are better than him in that draft class are also in the playoffs playing this weekend, uh, being Allen and Jackson. So the thing is, though, is like because of what Baker Mayfield has around him, because he's not a game manager, check down quarterback, because of Miles Garrett in that defense, I am taking the Browns winning their first playoff game since 1994 when Bill Belichick was their head coach, uh, ironically. Uh, 
uh, be, ironically. I'm going to take this one. It's not. It's going to be a defensive game, in my opinion. Uh, the Steelers' defense is still there for the most part, barring injuries. So I'm going to say 21 to 17. Yeah, Cleveland. I was going to say around there. I was going to go 17, 14, Cleveland. The only way I could see Cleveland losing this game would be on special teams. Cody Parkey has been very inconsistent this year for them. And that's scary when you're playing close games like this against good teams. I agree wholeheartedly. He hasn't recovered from that double doink a few, uh, a couple seasons back uh, when the Bears. He just, I don't know, that's going to be their make or break, I think. Because if you're playing that close game, one field goal or two field goals could be a hell of a difference than just one field goal. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, my thing is, is with all of this, I mean, like I said, like we both agreed, you know, we've got six game, we've got six games looking forward to, you know, just sitting down, relaxing, cracking open a couple cold ones, enjoying, enjoying them. Even uh, for them, we have them all being close except <laughs> for one. Um, and I mean, I'm glad that that's on in the middle of the day and not at the end of the day, honestly, because if I don't feel like watch, I mean, I'm going to watch the, I'm going to watch all six, honestly, like there's not, but the thing is though, is like, if the bears game does become a blowout, it being the middle of the day, I could potentially find something else to do. Whereas if that game was on say Saturday or Sunday night, like, what am I going to do, especially especially Sunday night? Like, what am I going to do? Go to bed early because I have work the next morning. I don't want to do that. I'm not. I'm only twenty. I'm only twenty three. Not like not like fifty three. I I don't need to go to bed at like nine o'clock. <laughs> I know. I feel like it's going to be football in the next next two weekends for me. Is just off football, just sitting down, relaxing, enjoying myself. It's going to be be fun. Exactly. I do wish though we never went to seven teams. I'm a Bills fan, so we would have had a bye week, but it's fine. More football is better for everyone, I guess. NFL's making funny. We're all happy sitting at home. Yep, we're all happy sitting at home. Uh, more money for the league. That's all what it is about. With the, and that's with every sport, though. But we can, I can go into that uh, for another day, honestly. And that could potentially be a future podcast topic. But we're going to move on to our next topic, which is the return of the National Hockey League, which is slated to return one week from today, actually. Uh, um, oh, not, no, I'm yeah, sorry, not one week from January today. January 13th. It, January 13th. I'm sorry. I thought it was the sixth. Uh, the sixth. I apologize. So one week from tomorrow, Wednesday night, uh, a fi- the NHL is going to play a 56 game regular season for each team, every team in the league. And the playoffs are going to start on May 8th and go into July. Now, the NHL created, realigned all of their divisions. divisions created- every single one of them. I don't love how they have them being sponsored well, by companies. If we're going to start talking about the companies, did you see what they did today? Oh, okay, okay. That's what I'm saying. I don't like the how they're putting being... the sponsors on the helmets and stuff. I don't. No, no, no. I don't like seeing how, uh, you know, the Discover, uh, Discover, Honda, Mass Mutual, and Scotiabank being the names for the divisions. I mean, honestly, like, you know, the Mass Mutual Eastern Division or <laughs> yes, whatever it's called. Mass Mutual East, I mean, the it's Scotia just so North, weird. the Honda West, and the Discover Central. It's so weird, honestly. And I mean, it's just, uh, you know, in my, I saw a tweet or, uh, earlier today about that. And, 
you know, somebody said, you know, going naming these after corporate sponsors is just a disgrace to the old Adam to the back in the old day of like the old Adams division. And when they were named after like, you know, pioneers of like the National Hockey League. And I'm and it's I'm thinking to myself, well, the league is about money now, but I can see where you're coming see, from. I do not hate it. You know, 2020 has been a weird year. So now teams have yes. to go in. The salary cap's going on. They're trying to save money better. But now bringing stuff in like this just generates more money for the league, more money for the team. So why not do it? Oh, I I, I see where you're coming from. I don't like it because, you know, uh, you know I being a hockey fan, where you're it's from, just I think it's great. The league, NHL is not like the NBA where they're just a money farm. The NHL is kind of like a lower like tier. They don't have as much money. So I'd say do whatever you can to bring in money for yourself. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, the thing that's why they did the reverse retro series with all their jerseys and merchandise. They're looking to bring in more money there, which I, I, I like that they have those. Speaking as of that, before we move on from hockey, um, I do want to talk about those with you. I just want you to give me your top three before we, before we finish with hockey. We can do it later, but I want to hear your top three reverse retro jerseys. Oh, we're going to be talking. Oh, I have a lot to talk. I actually kind of want to have, I figured you had a lot to talk about, honestly, oh, for hockey. So we'll, we'll throw it in at the end, honestly. And, but the thing is though, is like, I love the, I love, I love the division realignment, but at the same time, I don't like the division realignment. And the reasons why, the reason why I love the division realignment is because you know, like you said, 2020 has been a weird year. You can play different teams that you can play different teams that you don't normally play a lot. Um, I eh, you're taking away a lot, like you're taking away some old, uh, some like old rivalries that have yeah, always been uh, there. Especially like Toronto, when you look I'm at the East. Seeing that. Boston, yes, a lot of the this, East those rivalries. East rivalries were always great. But putting every Canadian team in the North, just give me more of that. Just inject that into my veins. Give me the Battle of Alberta seven times a week. I don't care. I will not get old of it. Ten games. Ten games of the Battle of Alberta. What what upsets me about the the North Division, honestly, is that I I myself won't be able to watch a lot of the Canadian hockey teams play because, well, I can't watch Hockey Night in Canada anymore being out here in Rochester. That's one thing I liked about living in, living in the falls, living in Buffalo. You know, I, when I was growing up, I'd always watch Hockey Night in Canada on CBC. When I came home from, for winter break uh, and even spring break uh, and even like into the summer with the finals, uh, I wouldn't watch, I would not like watch a lot. I'd watch hockey on NBC and NBCSN obviously, but I liked watching Hockey Night in Canada, the Sportsnet people, the CBC people, because I feel like they're more knowledgeable and it just kind of gives a different take onto everything. So that's one thing I'm going to miss, honestly, too, with being able to watch hockey. Um, Yes, the old rivalries uh, I'm going to miss, too. Uh, But there's going to be some intriguing matchups. There's going to be some intriguing matchups, honestly. Like you said, the Battle of Alberta, Montreal and Toronto playing 10 times. Uh, think I mean you know I'm Vancouver. Honestly, a lot, every, almost every team in every, Canada just hates I Vancouver. I mean that so Vancouver just... team. I really think they might have a good shot this year of winning their their number one spot for that North Division. 
they have so much young talent. Oh. But that Toronto team scares me. The Toronto team scares me, but the thing is, though, is like they're too top yeah, heavy in my opinion. A lot of money up I feel like what, I feel top two one and a half lines. Top one and a half lines, exactly. And their defense really isn't that great either. And honestly, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know what Dubas is do, Kyle Dubas is doing up in Toronto. Honestly, did, I mean, did you see, it, it, sorry I, about that. I'm kind of. I'm, did you see Jumbo Joe on the top line with uh, Matthews and Marner? I did see that Leafs fans are so pissed and I'm thinking to myself, it's only day one of training camp. Like who knows if that's actually going to be a potential thing. They just want to figure out where he's going to fit in. It's not like you're going to put a man that's, that's in his late thirties, early forties uh, on the top line. I love that it. makes no, sense. I love it. <laughs> I, like I said, you know, it's training camp. I like it. I mean, if they do it, then good for, they do it. Then what, whatever happens happens. I mean, me being a say us being Sabres fans, I mean, like if if the line self implodes because of that uh, that decision, then let it happen. Well, the only thing that sucks is that like it won't they that they won't be able to like collapse in our the division. They'll have to Canadian collapse division. in the Canadian division. But so, do you know how the playoffs I mean, are working exactly? Is it top four from each division? Then they play within the division until. Okay, until the semifinals. Yep. Let, I'll go into that. So it's going to be the traditional sixteen team best of seven format, but because of the division realignment, it's going to look a little different. The top four teams will qualify for the playoffs from each division, and they'll be placed into divisional brackets for the first couple rounds of the playoffs. Number one versus number four, then two and three. And this will happen in the first and second rounds, too. Once we get to the conference finals, which will now be known as the Stanley Cup semifinal for this season only, the teams will be seeded by the regular season points total with 1v4 and then 2v3. So there could be a potential Stanley Cup final matchup where two teams come from the same conference. Okay. That, that's weird to me. That's what I, that's what I was reading. I didn't so you, understand. I didn't. Don't, I don't like yeah, I that. don't. I don't like that in my opinion. I like. I like the East first. They don't West, want to limit travel this year. It's weird because of the travel, but I don't know. Well, in my opinion, they should be rolling out the vaccine faster than they than they yes, currently are. But podcast, uh, yeah. that's another topic for today. That could be another. I'm actually thinking about that too. But uh, yeah, another topic for another day, in my opinion. I mean, you probably saw my tweets. Uh, you probably yeah, saw my tweets this morning and this afternoon. I actually, uh, saw some of your tweets you were putting up about it. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not too happy, in my opinion. Um, uh, I'm not. I mean, <laughs> it, it's, uh, I don't, don't want to go into it too much, but yeah. <laughs> Back to hockey, back to hockey. But, um, uh, yeah, no, honestly, like, it could be weird. I mean, you know, we could potentially see, like, well, we're ge- – we could potentially see, like I said, two East Coast teams, two Eastern Conference teams versus two, uh, or go up against each other. Two Western Conference teams go up against each other. I just don't like that a Canadian team is guaranteed to be in the uh, Stanley yeah. Cup semifinals. I think they did that mainly because they want a Canadian team to actually try and win the cup for the first well, time since '93. And by that, Canadian I, game, so they want to do everything they can to help out those Canadian teams. 
they, they really do. And I, this is a hot take in my opinion. I've had this hot take for a few years, actually. I think they're doing it to try and help out Edmonton or potentially Toronto. Well, yeah. I mean, you have the best hockey player in the league up there, Edmonton. And Toronto is just a hockey city. You got a great team up there who, for some reason, just can't seem to get out of the first round of playoffs. It baffles my mind just because how good they are, and they can't get out of the playoffs. No, they can't. I mean, both teams got knocked out. Both teams got sent home packing from their own arenas <laughs> last uh, season in the bubble, and that was great I to see. Have, I opinion. still have issues with that whole bubble <laughs> I, thing, how the Sabres kind of got screwed out of a spot there, but that's a that's a topic for another time as well. I'm, that's another topic for I was another very time upset as well. with that uh, whole thing, but yeah, yeah, I'd love to see I love to see Toronto getting knocked out of anywhere. I... <laughs> I I think honestly I you know it's gonna be a good hockey season. I mean the only thing that kinda I mean like I said my my opinion the toughest division will be I think it's going to be I think it's gonna be the East actually I think it's gonna be the East just with Philly, Pittsburgh, Washington the Rangers, Boston this year Rangers. Look a little shaky because Chara just left. Um, you're gonna be without Krug and pa- or uh, not excuse me, not Krug. Gonna be without um, Pasternak and Marshawn for a while. And I just don't get yep. how that team recovers from that when you have two of your star players out. You're you're not your number one defenseman, but one of your rocks right there in defense. And then just getting rid of. You shipped away a crew to St. Louis. I just don't know if this Boston team is going to be the Boston team we have seen in years past or what. what's going to happen with them. I think Boston could potentially finish last in this division. I don't know. New Jersey still, to me, isn't a good hockey team. Well, New Jersey does suck, but it's so been a weird year. Yeah, but, just, uh, it's going to be between yeah. Boston and New Jersey, that's for sure. I'm just praying – that Buffalo doesn't make themselves look stupid with all the moves we made this offseason and whatnot. But we'll get into them in a little bit. I think we'll finish third or fourth. But you think we finish third or fourth? Yeah. I think that Kruger himself has got a solid group of guys that believe in his system. I think that Adams has made some good moves with the with the team uh, in his first offseason as general manager. The addition of Taylor Hall is going Not to – is amazing. I mean – Even um, Eric Stahl. We made great Eric Stahl, too. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Eric Stahl, everybody was like, we're trading for a 36-year-old man. But the thing is, though, is he provides leadership. Um, he's going to help out every single person on this team, including Jack Eichel. He takes so much pressure off of oh, Jack exactly. to be that – Oh, I need to go out here and get points every single night, which is great from Jack because he can do that. But now it just takes a load of pressure off because now, in my opinion, we have three solid lines and maybe even four, depending on how we're looking at the lineup. I mean, I have my own personal preferred lineup in my head, but, you know, it's me. All right. Build so, out. Oh, give me one second. I have it written down. Let me go find it. So clearly, so at number one, I give me clearly Eichel at center. 
then uh, I want Hall and uh, I want Hall and Olafson. Yep. Olafson. Yep. Second line. Stahl give first me line, Eric Stahl centering uh, Sammy Reinhardt and um, yeah, hang on. I yes, Skinner. Skinner. Thank you. Sorry, I'm just. Yeah. You might, can I interrupt you there real, real quick? I'm excited for that line right there. They have been excellent in training camp from what I'm see, from what I've been hearing and seeing on social media. There have been many people stating how you can see the chemistry between all three of those guys and how they have looked good in every drill that they participate the in together. I actually did not oh, okay. watch the, the blue and gold scrimmage. I saw highlights on Twitter, well, though. Yeah, I was true. working, so, you know, I can't actually, like, take time. I mean, I probably could have put it on my laptop, but the the feed, the feed that uh, they the Sabres provide, like, is yeah, never no. really ac- good, Live, no matter how accurate your internet is. Whatever. But, um... Oh, I, I knew I they didn't I I thought they had it on uh, live on Twitter too but Facebook Live is even worse but yeah I mean Stahl even talked about like how Reinhardt's hockey IQ is amazing and how he wants uh-huh. him to shoot shoot That's the puck more which is like what we all as fans want. I mean, it's great he's a playmaker but he does you know just let it rip sometimes. But all right I, yeah so third line what's, this your, is, what's your third line? This is a fun line in my opinion. Give me Arturo Rustenlinen, centering Tage Thompson. I love it. And bring up okay. my boy Dylan Cousins. Throw him on a wing. Don't throw him at center right away. Don't give him that pressure. Just put Rust. I mean, you could. I mean, both Rustenlinen and Cousins are both centers. But I would prefer just to see Dylan Cousins um, just go on a wing, get settled into the NHL, kind of grow to the speed of it. And just give me that line, just that young speed. Tage Thompson yesterday in the Bloom Bulls scrimmage looked fantastic. Coming off his injury, just the way he was moving and his shots too. Oh, my God. he This kid can shoot the puck. He's going to be a stud. Oh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. He's been on a tear this entire World Juniors tournament, practically carrying Canada to the gold yeah. ma- the gold medal matchup well, against the United States. Kind of basing uh, off that, I get he is tearing it apart. But do you remember three or four years ago what happened? Do you remember who tore up the World Juniors then? Yep. Casey, Casey Middle said everybody said it could be better than Jack Juniors, And he came to Buffalo and he just... I don't know if he's because he hasn't just grown into himself yet, but he's just not the hockey player everybody expected from the kid we saw in Minnesota just tearing it up in D1. And then he can't even seem to find himself in the AHL down there in Rochester. I think the people developing him, I think the people at the time helping him develop like weren't the right people to help him adapt to the AHL and even the NHL. I think that Cousins has. I think he has a higher ceiling than Middlestad ever has. I mean, yeah, he does have a higher ceiling than Middlestad ever has and ever will. And I think that Cousins right away will have people around him that will help him improve what, what he improve his game, develop properly. I think he'll have a better chance to adapt to the NHL. And in my opinion, is like, you know, him and Jack Quinn. Uh, they're coming. They after the World Juniors are done, they're coming to camp. Right. Oh, uh, they're coming the to camp right away. Twelve minutes. Actually, gonna have to throw that on my second monitor over here. But um, 
No, yeah, that's exciting to see because today I was actually going to get ready to ask you on the packs. I was like going to be like, do you know if they can just go right on a private jet and just come right to Buffalo? Because they had that stupid rule for the people who were playing. I guess not a stupid rule, but for people who were playing in the uh, World Juniors, they had to go in quarantine and then have four negative tests in seven days. And I just was curious, but clearly my question was answered today. They're coming right home and can hop right into camp, basically. That's exciting. It is exciting to see, honestly. I mean, it's going to be intriguing to see what Kruger does with them, honestly. I'm curious it's to intri- see I mean, Cousins is you in know, the starting lineup for puck drop on night one next Friday, January 14th. If that happens, I mean, you know, honestly, I would be very excited. I mean, I wouldn't, if he is, uh, I would be very excited. I would love that. If he's not, I would expect him to potentially come into the yeah, fold like and, after yeah, the first week of the, the season. Squad. And because they're doing, they're, there's so many yeah. players you can carry this year, which is, it's a whole new situation That's, in itself, which the NHL hasn't seen yet. So it's going to be a fun season for well, the AHL just uh, announced that they're 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 doing they're doing their season this season, like they're actually having a season, but it's not you know, going to start up until February fifth or February February sixth. Like so, who okay, if we didn't want to start in Buffalo, clearly we don't know what's happening with junior hockey just yet because the OHL came out and said you can't hit this year, and who wants to play hockey like that? So and then I'm pretty sure um, Cousins playing the. Western Hockey League. I don't, not 100% sure if they say anything about starting back up yet or not. I have not seen anything about the Western Hockey League at all. Yeah, exactly. So it's hard for someone like Cousins and even, you know, Jack Quinn, too, like those players. I get middle stat. Like, I want to see that kid grow so badly. I love the kid, but I just don't think he has it. But yeah, same with uh, uh, Jack Quinn. It's what is he going to do? Because he's clearly not. It's shown in the juniors this year. He's just not NHL ready. No, not at all, honestly. Um, uh, you know who is ready, though? Uh, JJ, um, I can't pronounce it. Petkara? Petkara? Uh, the oh, German, are you mean German our second kid. rounder? You know, he, yeah, he's... He, yeah, our second rounder. Yeah, he he's actually staying in Germany, though. Yeah, he's he's going to continue with, with, the, yeah, the, with the team that he was uh, on Red in Germany. Bull Munich. Ah, yeah, nice. So he's gonna stay there. Kruger has connections uh-huh. to the team, to that team. So Kruger, so Kruger is gonna help. So Kruger is gonna be in constant contact with them. He know, uh, he knows who he knows who helps or run the team. They, they're gonna make sure that he's developed properly, f- fit for how Kruger wants the the system to be, fit for the team if and when he needs to come up this if and when he comes up this season at all. If not this season, the next season potentially, because he has shown that he could be, he could be a, he could be a, he could be I, the potential I, steal of the draft. In the second in round opinion. right now, seeing him in juniors has looked like a steal. But while we're on that German team, Tim Stutzel, I mean, Tim Stutzel, good player, great player. Honestly, Ottawa got a good to pick one. up with. Uh, I honestly think he's better than Byfield, who went second to LA. I, I he is. I will agree to. I will agree to that. In my opinion, too. I mean, the thing is, though, is LA was LA was like fifty fifty. They were yeah. debating between taking Byfield or Stutzel, and I think and I think they went with Byfield. I 
I didn't think they were too conf- more confident in Byfield and Stutzel. Only time will tell, though, with the how with the team with the two teams and their decisions, honestly. But looking right now, I think that Stutzel is the better player right now. But you know, we can see how well Byfield grows and develops I compared think to Stutzel. Ottawa with Tim Stutz, I think Stutzel is going to play right away for them. But they actually don't have half bad of a team this year. I mean, you go and pick up Matt Mur- Murray as your goaltender. Yeah, so did I. I, I wanted him so bad. Goalie, and I loved him. But you got Brady the Chuck. You got Golchenyuk. You got Evgeny Dandanov now. I mean, you got Thomas Chabot. I mean, they got a good team. They're not going to be that. They do have a good team. No, I think that, uh, North that... Division. No, they're not. I think um, uh, I think the laughing stock of that North Division could quite potentially be Toronto, wow. in my opinion, that is, and that's yeah. actually a hot take out out there. Montreal well, Montreal's not, not that, that good, good either, I but I think, um... but I think Toronto will only be a laughing stock mainly because they'll underperform, yeah. and it's always good to laugh at them. I think the two bottom teams, in my opinion, will either be Winnipeg. I was going to go with Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg, uh, they're hurting on the defensive side. I think it's time to move on from Line A from them. The yeah. kid is a stud. You could get perhaps someone like Rasmus Ristolainen for him. <laughs> the trade risk <laughs> no, of but, debate. Oh, this think, is wonderful. I love it. I mean, it. losing you know, Bufflin, that you lost Tyler Myers, you're just hurting on the defense. You, need to get, you have, you have yeah, already you superstars and really um, Connors and, and – um, Yeah, Kyle, Shifley, yeah, Kyle uh, Connor, Mark Shifley. there. So yeah, you have you have studs up there already. And yeah, that's all good. Liney is an elite winger who you could bring in a lot for, and I'm sure teams are looking for a guy like Liney right now. I mean, teams are probably looking for a guy like Line A right now, but going back Money. to what you said when we started talking about this is this, is the cap issue. I mean, a lot of teams are uh, around that threshold where they could potentially be like just at the cap or over the cap. I mean, look at Vegas and Tampa. Uh, I'm pretty sure Vegas and Tampa could would easily love to take somebody like Line A to, you know, help uh, imp- help uh, you know just make them their squads better than what they already are. But those teams are so hard hit with cap issues right now uh in fact i i i don't even think there's like i think the teams that are under the amount of teams under the cap are in the single digits in my opinion but but with all the um uh with how they're allowing teams to like you know do all these uh tryouts for camp and then there's like oh if they if they can't play because of yeah. like medical medical issues and stuff like that the uh it doesn't affect the cap at all at all or not that much. Um, uh, St. Louis is doing that. Uh, and they, Do they signed Mike contracts. Hoffman uh, to, but the thing is though, is that tryout oh, yeah. contract is going to become a permanent contract once they figure out who like, cause once they figure out like who they want to put like on that uh, list of like people, you know, for medical reasons, you know, can't play and whatnot, then, then he'll become a full, then he'll become a permanent Team, uh, permanent member of the team, obviously. Um, I still can't believe that Anthony Duclair went yeah, to Florida. Yeah, I don't get that move by him. He is a great hockey player. 
And I just think that Florida really has nothing to offer right now for him. I mean, I guess he was – I thought he was fine where he was in um Columbus. But then going down to Florida, maybe just because he's like, I don't want to get taxed on my salary. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Florida, Florida was dumb enough Probably. to I go mean, over I, I, there. I mean... And give that big contract to Bobrovsky. When they have, when the Panthers have that, yeah. the two best goalies at the World Juniors right now. Yeah, good thing. Good thing Sergey Bobrovsky is going to be starting yeah, in goal for, for uh, Florida. Uh, it does suck for those young kids, but uh, hey, uh, Detroit's got competition at the bottom of the True. pack, in my opinion, <laughs> this season. Oh, this is going to be a fun, <laughs> great. Oh. Excuse my English, excuse my French. This is this is gonna be a fun hockey season. Yeah, no, this is gonna be a god. This is gonna be a damn good season, in my opinion. All right, uh, let's see. You know, honestly, I want to go into uh, top four predictions of each division, and we're gonna Canadian start with the division? Canadian division. Okay. So my top four for me, I think. I'm just going to go for – do I have to go in order? Uh, no, you just list your top. List your okay, top. List the four teams that will come out. Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, and Toronto. That's pretty as much a no-brainer right there. I'm going to go good. with you on that one. I just don't think they have what it takes to crack that top four this year. Montreal They'll finish know, fifth. Might, might surprise us, but – Winnipeg's just kind of stuck in that lower tier. They, they're kind of stuck where the Sabres were two years ago when they didn't have – yeah, they didn't have any defense. Purgatory. And they're kind of stuck down there. But, I mean, Hellubuck is a great goaltender. Yeah, hockey purgatory. Wrong, but when you don't have a defense, it doesn't matter what kind of goaltender you have back there. Exactly, exactly. I think that Hellebuck and Line may be on their way out eventually, depending yeah, on how I would like to see Line together. Just uh, uh, one is going to help Winnipeg, and it's going to help Line. It's going to further Line's career even more. And Winnipeg exactly. can bring in a lot for a player like Line. Exactly, exactly. I agree with you there. All right, four um, teams coming East. out of the East. Okay, so number one, we're going to go Philadelphia. I think comes out on top of that division. Um, then we got to go Washington and then Pittsburgh. Oh, I don't know. I, I want to put Buffalo. You really want to take put Buffalo in the This division form. is just so tough. The Islanders are just such a fundamentally sound but boring hockey team. Uh, they'll no get him signed. They don't want to lose a player though. like that to where he's going to leave next year. I, I don't. This is true. This I want to put true. Buffalo in the top four so badly, but I just can't yet. You know what? We're doing it. Buffalo is in top four. We got we got Buffalo, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Washington. Buffalo's in top four. Top four. You heard it here first. All right. Yeah, you're gonna hear it here second, honestly, too, because uh, I'm going with Philadelphia. Um. And then I'm going to go with three teams that play in the state of New York. I'm going to okay. go with the Islanders, Rangers, and Sabres. I don't wow. think Pittsburgh or Washington make the playoffs this season. 
That's that's just, my hot I take right never, there. You're as much as I few. wanted to count Pittsburgh out this year, I cannot count a team out that has Crosby and Malkin on it. I think that the team is starting to re- is going to rely on them too much. The only thing that helps yeah. them is that it's only a fifty six game season for the Penguins and not an and not a you and not the usual eighty eight eighty two game season. And they got rid of Murray, right which is kind of so, becoming who knows? that whole situation there with Murray and the Penguins wasn't looking good for a while. I mean, Murray had himself a hell of a season two years ago when Pittsburgh decided to move on from Flurry, and then last year kind of just went. All went badly for them. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I don't think that um, uh, Pittsburgh will make it. And I don't think Washington will either. I think that they're too old. Honestly, they're an old team, honestly. I I think that they're that uh, the offseason moves that they made were very questionable. Uh, I feel bad for uh, Keen, uh, Keen Henrik, honestly. Uh, he went... He went there, you know, cup contender. Uh, obviously, like on paper, they look like a cup contender. But then he's got like the heart issues and he has to ha- had to have heart surgery. So prayers out to him. But they're just an old team. And I don't think that they'll be able to compete with, you know, honestly, the, young, the, ta- the talent that the Flyers have, the, the Islanders and how they play the fundamentally young New York Rangers, especially with how they have a shiny yeah, new young left winger coming into the league. The Rangers get that first overall pick. I mean, you got to be kidding me. A team that was going to playoffs and they get the first overall pick. Come on, NHL. You got to be better than that. You got to be better than that. Exactly. And yeah, I, I think Buffalo, is. this is the year Buffalo finally ends their playoff drought. I firmly believe it. Everybody that gets so pessimistic about the Sabres once hockey season rolls around will finally shut the fuck up. In my opinion, I'm getting, I get, I get sick of it. I, 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 I'm going to go on a little rant here and you know, but you know, it's my show. Why not? What really bothers me about Sabres fans is that they always get so pessimistic as, and I'm not saying all of them do, but a majority of them do. Sabres Twitter is so toxic um, they don't really have any firm belief, honestly, with that, with how the season will go for the team. They just say, oh, no, they're not making the playoffs. They don't know. I There's actually like a couple people I know out here in Rochester that literally tell me that like, oh, the Sabres don't know anything about hockey. And I'm like, what do you mean by they don't know anything about hockey? And this person is like, and this person is like, well, you know, they just, they just can't play hockey. People, and I'm thinking to myself, Sabre you're not fans love fans. to go what they see on Twitter. Move. Most of them don't actually follow teams. They just go exactly, like, oh, exactly. Oh, we're hating on this the Sabres for this reason. Let's go at the Sabres for this reason, and that is why Sabres Twitter is probably the most toxic Twitter in the NHL fan base. Exactly, I agree wholeheartedly. You have all these like Sabres Twitter accounts that like just spread so much negativity, uh, and like it starts with like it starts with the charging yeah. buff and like all the people associated with that. And then, and then there's just all these other people that like hide yeah, behind Sabres like accounts, all these just, like Sabres Twitter it's, accounts. It's embarrassing to be a Sabres fan when you see and they just, going on because that is not how I feel about the team. I get I am upset with how the past nine years have went, but guess what? I'm still going to love this team and 
kind of get behind what they're doing. I'm happy the Pagulas finally like got off the reins a little bit and is actually letting hockey people do what they need to do instead of Kim Pagula kind of babying the team on like they do with the Bills. In my opinion, they, the Pagulas have babied the Sabres exactly. for whatever reason. And she was not the first thing about hockey. I'm sorry. I love her yeah, for buying they out have. the Bills and the Sabres. I love them. But come on. Just pros do what they need to do. My Exactly. And that's that's where I'm going to go into my second part about this is like, yes, I'm not a Bills fan, so it may come out as biased here. Uh, you are a Bills fan, but I support the team. I support local. And obviously, you know, the, right now the Bills are, in, one, in my opinion, po- quite possibly the, one of the top two teams in the league right now. But they I weren't always like that. Obviously, like, you know, being struggling for years, you know, being bottom, bottom feeders for the most part, not just a, like not in the we league. We would be in that seven and nine, nine and seven, eight and eight range where it's like, okay, this team could be something, but but we're, we won too many games where we couldn't build but then they anything. Worked. And then we signed people to stupid contracts and it just wasn't a good look for Bill. And but the thing that gets me is like because of like you know the bills and all the and the inconsistent mediocrity there like there's always optimism for the next season whereas the sabers have had inconsistent mediocrity over 9 years but it's all pessimistic outlook like why can't it be if it's like why, why is it one for one and one for the other why can't it be both for like why can't you know because the thing is though is like 90% of the bills fans actually try to give a shit about the sabers i mean yeah there's a bunch of people in the city of buffalo and you yeah. know around here, even in Rochester, in my opinion, like I said, I know a couple of people that really don't know much about hockey. They just see like what they see on social media and even in the media. So they feed off of that, which is a problem. I, I in saying, my opinion. But, but do you get what I'm saying? Me, like, why can't... I think I probably wrong, but I think the problem is how many games is a football season, Jim? Football season is only 16 games, 17 weeks, and depending on depending yes, on if your team makes the playoffs, it can get even more. Whereas hockey season in, is 82. You're starting in October. Your season doesn't get done till April, maybe into June if you're going to playoffs. And it is just a long haul of a season for people to get behind. So when you see your team finish bad in the season, if they don't get off to a hot start right away, it's kind of like, oh, this team is just the same as last year. Whereas football – you know it's in the first couple of weeks whether you're in or out. And it's just – that's what makes football just so exciting to watch is that just you could always be in or out like those first couple of games. Whereas hockey is just a long drag and you just – people don't want to follow it as much or whatever. But I think that's what the problem is with it. Oh, I can I can see where you're coming from. I'm not going to disagree there whole, uh, disagree there 100%. I, I'll agree to that to an extent. It's just, it just always has bothered. That's just something that's always bothered me. I never like really understood like why one is more, like the pessimism for the Sabers, you know, and with the, yeah. with how the teams have been, you know, not not take away the take away the McDermott era, Bean era. We're gonna scratch that, but before McDermott and Bean came into Buffalo and rebuilt the Bills as how they are. Yeah, the, the the promise so wasn't it, there, yeah. and that's just like where I'm coming. From. I mean, I just think that's where I'm coming from on that. But now, like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I 
I'm I agree with that too. And like I said, you know, I'm glad that you came you're my first guest. You know, we're talking about the playoffs, we're talking about the return of the NHL. Because, you know, like I said, like I just said, you know, not many people I there's not many people I know personally that know both football and hockey. Like I said, there's a call there's somebody like a so I've got somebody out here in Rochester that uh claims that they like hockey, but like I said, the comments that they make don't make any sense sometimes. Um I remember talking to them uh, actually back in when the bubble, uh, rest- the bubble restart and uh, be- uh, and the Blackhawks uh, were because, well, you you know, I would consider yeah, we the Blackhawks the as my second know, team because of Patty Kane. But, team. Yeah. Yeah. So I was talking to this person about the Blackhawks and I said, and cause she's like, and she's like, Oh, I love the Blackhawks. I'm like, Oh yeah. What do you think about Dominic Kubelik? How's he, how do you think he's doing? And my, and this person, she was like, uh, who's Dominic Kubelik? And I'm like the rookie. He's like one of the top rookie goal scorers for in the league right now. He's, and he's been playing phenomenal for them. He's one of the reasons why they're actually in this playoff tournament. And she's, and this person, she said, how long has he been on the team? And I'm thinking to myself, Oh, I, I just said a rookie first year in the league. And I mean, the thing is though, is like this person said that, you know, they follow hockey like religiously. And I'm thinking to myself, you kind of don't, if you're asking me questions like that. And I'm probably going to take some games, nine games and eight points. I believe it was. No, he didn't have a bad bubble. He, no, I, 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 yeah, did really well, but you know what I'm saying though? Like if someone, if someone, Someone says they follow hockey religiously and like they like those comments and then they put comments like that. I'm like, no. And I'm probably good. (laughs) I'm not. Oh, are you are you taking shots of your own brother? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Zach listens to to my podcast. Oh, hold on. Is is this is this the same person that claims that that they follow soccer but uh, they? Speaking, hang on. While we're on top of hockey, oh, dear God, dear new, um, I will keep you updated. I have Canada USA on right now. Um, puck just dropped. Eighteen twenty-six left in the first period, so I will keep you updated if anything happens. Okay. Hey, that's perfect. That's perfect. I mean, you know, I'm going to put this podcast out. So people are going to wonder like what, 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 what well, we're talking about. Know, but that's perfectly I don't know fine. I like it. I like it. You know, I saw him tweeting about Jerry's world. <laughs> oh, I know that. Yeah, he does. He does listen to it. I do get update. I do get feedback from a lot of people, and I do. Um, uh, I do appreciate every, every all the feedback that and suggestions that everybody does send me. But yes, I do want to move on to something oh, else. Sorry, actually. sorry. Hang on. Before um, uh, um, just finish your West and Central divisions. I want to hear your top four is just real fast. I know we got we got through two though. We just got started talking oh, about I the Sabers and everything. <laughs> Everything else exactly not. It's perfectly fine. Okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to go with Tampa, Nashville, uh, Tampa, oh, Nashville, wow. Carolina, yeah, well, Chicago. I actually disagree with you on that one. I think I don't know. I'm I didn't pay. Okay, t- I haven't really paid attention to much what goes on in the Central. So, uh, I see my oh hey oh hold up here hold up here. No, I thought Dallas was in the, uh, my oh god my my oh, I made my notes wrong I made my oh, notes okay. wrong I'll I'll admit that uh, I had Dallas in the West for some reason so yeah Tampa Tampa so Dallas leave Columbus Carolina there. Chicago Columbus then. is a great hockey team. 
as much as I'm as much as I'm putting Chicago in. Carolina, That's my Columbus, hot take Dallas, there. Tampa Bay. Is... Yeah, I'm taking my hot take there, and I'm and with my West, way. I'm going to take yeah. uh, Vegas, the West, very much so. Uh, Colorado. Uh, Colorado, Colorado, Vegas, uh, St. Lu- uh, St. Louis. I feel bad for St. Louis yeah, having to travel from to where they the are all the way to Dallas, like California and Arizona. Actually, yeah, I agree there. I I agree there. Honestly, that may uh, well it's Batman that runs the league. You know, he's mad genius there. But um, uh, who'd I say? Uh, Colorado, Vegas, St. Louis. Um. Phoenix, uh, Arizona. I'm going the Yotes, I'm going Colorado, I'm going Vegas, and I'm going St. Louis. And for my Stanley Cup champion, I am going Colorado Avalanche. Colorado Avalanche, yes. I will have the Colorado Avalanche taking on the Tampa Bay. Well, actually, it all depends on how seeding is in this thing. I'm going to say Colorado versus Tampa. And I think that Colorado will take it. And I and you know honestly, a little a little ode to the old Quebec Nordique. I hope that they wear. I hope that they uh, wear the reverse retro jerseys more than the allotted games, especially when the yeah. playoffs come. Because I would love to see, you know just see the Quebec Nordique jersey. I don't know if you saw uh, a lot you know, of people parading around with the Stanley Cup because their team got taken away from them, and then they threw them back on this Colorado jersey. So a lot of people in Quebec were upset about that jersey. Well, well, go to your games and don't complain about how the organization run and that your team won't get relocated. But then again, also Quebec got relocated too because yeah. of the entire like you know Quebec referendum that was happening too. And you can't have two teams in 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 a struggling market. And are you going to relocate the Montreal Canadiens? Nope, that's the original six team. You can't. No, no, you can't. And actually, I want to go back further. Oh, okay. uh, we were previewing Wild Card Weekend, and I forget, made him, and I made a mistake there. Uh, I want a uh, Super Bowl prediction. Oh, I want to oh. do a Super Bowl prediction. Oh, um, I don't. I, oh, I'm gonna sound like a biased Bills fan. Hey, I'm going Bills Packers. You're, what you putting the Bills and the Packers in? I'd actually, I don't know if I want to put the Chiefs Packers, Packers the, okay. uh, the uh, State Farm Super Bowl. I think this year they're one and two against winning teams. As much as Aaron they Rodgers are, has they done are, this year, I think one and two against winning teams. Uh, but, well, you got, well, they did, unlike another team that, <laughs> we, that we won't mention that plays in Pennsylvania. Uh, no, I figured we were talking, we're not talking about, about the Eagles, Eagles either. That, they whole, didn't have that whole division, though, that whole um, AFC, uh, yeah. that AFC uh, Central or North. Sorry, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm looking at the NHL North, league. I said North, yeah, yeah. But I'm a very <laughs> the NHL Central, yeah. The AFC North like division was, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they also the had Bengals. to play against the yep. Cincinnati. Oh no, wait, they lost to the Bengals in Cincinnati. Okay. How do you I'm go and lose to Cincinnati? Bills. But I'm taking the Chiefs and the Packers in this one. I think it'll be the state. 
Bills Packers. So we I got the to Packers. God that Bills don't oh, play Bills Green Saints. Bay. I'm sorry, Bills Saints. Okay. My girlfriend is a Green Bay fan, and we will not be able to watch the Super Bowl together. One will be in one room, the other will be in another in the apartment. <laughs> you'll be you'll be with you'll be with the fam, and uh, she'll be in the apartment. And if the Packers lose to the Bills, the apartment will be destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> and if the Bills lose, well, then uh, I don't. Uh, how how upset will Davy Boy upset. be if you Actually, just start destroying things? He might, uh, he might be he might be destroying stuff too. <laughs> he may be joining you. He might be joining you exactly. Uh, but yeah, I, I completely no, forgot about right. that. You know, honestly, I'm a little bit all over the place it now, but that's podcast. perfectly fine. What Boy. podcast isn't all over the place? Uh, Joe Rogan but what is podcast all isn't all over the place? I, the place. I mean, how many times have you? Sorry, great Joe Rogan thing. is all over the place as a person. <laughs> part of part of my take is uh, right. part of my take yeah, is yeah. Off to, uh, all over the place sometimes too. But uh, moving on to our next topic, I mean, yeah, uh, it's been th- what three weeks now since the end of the Mandalorian, and I'm. You know, I, 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 for the past go, like, as soon as, like, as soon as the finale ended, I, I got right on, started talking to you, and I'm like, you know, you come, if you came on the podcast, you know, this is something I want to talk about. And I enjoyed the entire second season. I thought it was better than the first. But I think that watching the second season, especially with the season, with towards the end of the second season, I think that. Because of how well done it was, I think that I think that the sequel trilogy movies Actually, uh, could have been I done have a whole lot differently than what they were done. Going around that everything coming into Star Wars canon now that like all these new producers are doing, like including like John Favreau and all the people making like the new shows that are coming out, they are trying to write out what happened in the sequels. Yeah. That's just, a, that's just a rumor, but I pray to God it happens because I, I like couldn't that. stand any of the sequels. I hated how all three of the movies went, and there was just no character development with Ray, and it just it's all over the place for me. And they got to get away from the family no. aspect. Like we had enough, we had enough with the Skywalker, but then why make Ray the Skywalker? There was no need. There was no need to bring Palpatine back. I mean, I, there was no need to bring Palp- Palpatine back. There was no re- reason to make Rhea Skywalker from a, from a Palpatine because uh, she changed her name from Palpatine to Skywalker. Oh, my God. The only, good thing, the only good thing that came out of Rey... <laughs> yeah, the end of the movie. Anything that happened with Rey was her yellow lightsaber. That was very cool. That was very cool, in my opinion. I don't think, you know, honestly, like the whole sequel trilogy, in my opinion, could have been done a whole lot better, in my opinion. You didn't need to uh, uh, have Kylo Ren, the son of Han Solo, uh, be the guy. Harrison mm-hmm. Ford didn't Luke even Skywalker want to play Han Solo. Play he just took a shit ton of money. No, Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill had to go through well, a he lot wanted to, to uh, return like his role was, to Luke like, Skywalker. Not killing Darth Vader, but he he wanted to be more of a badass, and this is what more along the lines uh, Dave Filoni Av- and John Favreau are making him seem now. Like at the last episode of The Mandalorian, 
you kind of saw how badass Luke Skywalker actually was. Whereas how J.J. Abrams just completely fucked up, fucked everything up from the get-go. But uh, honestly, I mean, the thing is, though, is like, I, I still can't believe that Disney somehow found a way to bring back Bob, the character of Boba Fett, into it. I mean, like, in, in return, in Return of the wow. Jedi, like we saw him go in, down the pit, like it fall was, into it was the a pit. Like pit but you never pit. did see you him die. Just like. Why in the last episode? This is true. This is very true. I was praying to God it was going to be Mace Windu walking up and not Luke Skywalker, even though I was very happy with saying Luke Skywalker. I wanted to see Mace Windu's return because he is not dead yet. No, he is not dead yet. And uh, that was something I was actually talking about after the end of The Mandalorian with uh, with uh, the person that uh, does not know know hockey or soccer that won't be named. We won't say his name on this podcast. And I was also talking to uh, another good listener oh, of my podcast, uh, our good friend uh, Andrew Paiska. Uh, um, uh, Paiska does listen to it, actually. Yes. <laughs> How's it going, Paiska? Shout out to you, my friend. But um, uh, when we were talking, uh, we were talking about it, and he was ta- he was the one that originally told me that he thought that Mace Windu would make a return before the end of the Mandalorian. And how Mace Windu could potentially make a return in either season three of The Mandalorian when that comes out, or even in one of the new spinoff shows that could come out too. Boba's lifelong goal is to kill Mace Windu. So there is no better part to bring him back than in the book of Boba Fett. No, there isn't. And I agree wholeheartedly there too, because the thing is, though, is like you said, yeah. He killed. He killed uh, Mace Windu. Killed Jingle Fett. You know, Boba Fett has had revenge on that mo- for since that moment happened. And I think the book of Boba Fett. I don't think the book of Boba Fett will be like a law. Like I, think, I, think I, I don't know what you would pertain to as a long series, like maybe four episodes. Five and because as soon as that and Mandalorian season three is coming, up, I believe is what they are doing. Yeah, because you can't have something like that be like anywhere from three to four seasons unless you want to continue it like after alongside yeah. Mandalorian too. But they also have so, so many other spinoff those, shows coming up. I just want to get back to something in the Mandalorian I was kind of confused about. So I don't know if you have ever watched Star Wars Rebels at all. I actually have not. It's something that I've been tri- uh, that I've been thinking about wa- that I've thought about watching uh, because I have the Disney Plus bundle. I've thought about watching it's during lockdown, show, but, but I just never got a chance to do it because well, good storytelling. But um, so there was it. I don't want to spoil anything for you, but there is this character named Sabine Wren, correct? And I forget how she got it, but she had the dark saber somehow. And um, yeah. so Sabine Wren, she is a Mandalorian as well. Um. But she just gave the Darksaber to Bo-Katan, and Bo-Katan took it. Whereas in The Mandalorian, when um, Din uh, handed her the uh, Darksaber, she said she couldn't take it because they had to win it through battle, which was typically true. But she took it right away from Sabine Wren without any issues. So I was just confused about that. And it was just weird to me to see that happen. 
Yeah, yeah, I can. More. Okay, that makes sense. Then, like I said, I have. Yeah, I'd have to watch the show. Obviously, I mean, and I'll probably end up watching it. I'll watch it before, you know, like sometime before season, season three, season three and Book of Boba Fett come, uh, comes out. Yeah, and Book of Boba Fett comes out in December twenty twenty one. So I've got plenty of time. Seasons, I'll probably watch so it before it sometime before. Um. Uh, No, okay, that's perfectly fine then. It's just a matter of like figuring out like what I because there's a lot I want to watch. Like uh, there's a lot that I've been finding to watch like on various streaming platforms. Plus with like hockey coming back, uh, you know, I'll be watching a lot of that, obviously. So, so it's just a matter of like what I can watch and what I can't watch, and then you know, it all depends on like how everything putting together my pot this podcast and everything too. So. It's not like being in college anymore, you know. If I didn't have home, if I didn't have homework to do, I could just like sit and wa- sit around and like watch whatever. <laughs> I have to work. I have to work eight hours a day, and, and I can't actually like do that. Even though you know, technically, you know, sometimes like you know, I may or may not like uh, you know have some oh, soccer on uh, potentially during uh, my breaks and my lunches soccer but i guess i'm happy i haven't because liverpool had just been been a rough year for us I, a rough rough end of 2020 and a rough start to 2021 to say the least i will agree there and i'm loving every minute of it as a manchester united fan but um uh <laughs> but the thing, but the thing is, though, is like you know, another topic for another day. And yeah, honestly, right, right, yeah, that could be a topic in about a couple, in two or three episodes. I can go back bring that up. And you guys drop three in a row. It's gonna be a true oh, thing. when we drop three in a row, yeah, that's a hot take right there. Honestly, my friend, that's a hot take. Yeah, the only thing is, though, even if we drop three in a row, who knows what will happen. <laughs> is that the wheel? Yeah. Hey, Klopp's complaining about all the penalties that uh, we've taken somehow. Yet, yeah, you you've taken one more penalty than we have this season, and you've taken more Klopp's penalties Klopp's than us since the inception of the Premier League. <laughs> Look at that. We're all over the place. Yeah, Fuck it. Who cares? This is my show. But going back to going back going back to go back to Star Wars. Yeah, going back to Star Wars topic here, but uh, I, I mean, that going like that's the thing about how Disney and these shows uh, with these spinoffs, The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, and everything, how it's just been so much yeah. better than the sequel trilogy when those movies came out. I mean, I, I'm glad that Disney has the rights to Lucasfilm. I'm glad that they've brought in such wonderful people to create all the content that they're going to. Yeah. produce and make and they're already working on it right now uh and there's a new film coming out too and i'm excited to see what that is going to entail as well i mean obviously they they obviously you know based on how everything is going they're writing out the skywalkers and everything that their time has come and gone obviously so like who knows, like what that film will entail with the plots, the characters. Right, right. But I, I mean, that's not for another Disney, couple of years. I got but the rights to uh, to uh, Lucas Films, I was happy. But then I saw how the first movie went, and I saw how the second movie went, 
and I thought Disney was going to start making Star Wars more childish. And I was just very sad with the direction it was going at the time. But now since The Mandalorian came out, and they have shown more that they're more for the adult, I guess. And it's just exciting to see that it's in such good hands with these people now. And with all these shows being released, I just hope they are as good as The Mandalorian was, or even The Clone Wars Season 7, because that was a hell of a show as well. Clone Wars was a hell of a show. Yeah, I remember I watching watch, that. Uh, I remember watching. I, watch I used to watch that a lot. Three, like, like four like, times when now. Like when I was out when I was ten years old. Yeah, I may have to go back and watch that one too. Honestly, I I may have to because uh, like I really don't take advantage of the of Disney Plus and what it has to offer. Honestly, I mean I have I've been taking advantage of Hulu and ESPN Plus, but Disney Plus I feel like I don't I don't take advantage of it, and it's got some good stuff on there. But, uh, yeah, I just had that on my mind. I'm thinking, my, I thought to myself, I'm like, you know, even one watching, like, The Mandalorian, season, even season one, I'm like, this is so much better. Why didn't they follow, like, why didn't they follow this uh, aspect? Like, why didn't they go along with this in the movie? Because uh, I knew right away it was going to be around the time at the, end of the, uh, at the end of The Empire. I didn't expect it to be, like, five to ten years. I, I didn't expect it to be, like, around five to ten years after The Empire had fallen in, in after the return of the Jedi, um, but you know it it made sense at that time uh, to fa- uh, at, is, at that time to focus in that cool time frame see, because like, what the world of how like things the were the empires fall, but more towards the start now of um, the dark or, or the um, the last orders ride or uh, rise, excuse me. Yes, I agree with you there, honestly, too. And the thing is, too, is I had, you know, I, yeah, you can call me a liar on this or whatever. You can call me a bullshitter on this. But I had a feeling that, like, you know, even though I thought that Boba Fett did die in Return of the Jedi, I had a feeling that, like, Boba Fett was going to be incorporated somewhat into The Mandalorian from the get-go in my honestly because i'm just seeing like you know the character of the mandalorian i'm seeing them yeah. i'm like wait that's like boba fett's armor like uh, i thought boba fett died and then like and then i'm like oh we're not that f-. that's when i realized like that the time frame wasn't that set far mm-hmm. off from the end of the empire into the transition of a republic again so then it made me realize I'm like okay, and then like when the you know the child and uh, ba- Girl, uh, the yeah. child uh, Grogu, uh, baby Yoda, whatever you want to call him, I'm thinking my, I'm thinking myself like, what is like okay like this has to be one this has to be like you know so, uh, one of uh, a random offspring of Yoda that uh, but then I'm then I you know going as the series progressed I'm like no you know I you know I'm seeing rumors and stories about how. This is potentially one of the younglings that escaped after after uh, they were ki- after they were killed after they were killed off. Uh, so, um, uh, and that were pretend that was potentially rescued by Miss Windu. Is with Grogu, is I believe he is a ch- the child of Yoda and uh, Yaddle. Um, so Yaddle, I don't know if you know, but she is also uh, one of Yoda's uh, okay. species. But she also sat 
Yeah, she sat on the Jedi Council. Yes, I, I do know that. Believe that they've probably had. I want to think they've had uh, Grogu before uh, Yaddle passed away, because Yaddle gave up her life. I believe she died for dying for Anakin, if I'm not mistaken. But um, it's funny too because it's weird to think about. But Yo or uh, Grogu and Anakin would have came through the Jedi Temple at the same time because they are the same age. Yeah, so they could possibly that have known I each other. So I wonder if Sidious knew about Grogu or like Anakin somehow knew about Grogu or how Grogu got out of the temple. So I am curious. I am curious as to that too. I think when season three comes out in 2022, um, more questions will be answered potentially. Maybe even in spinoffs or even the book of, well, I don't think the book of Boba Fett more or less. I think the book of Boba Fett will just focus on the time frame after uh, the time yeah. frame from, you know, the fall the fall out of the pit to coming out of the pit yeah. and whatnot. But um, uh, one last thing I like to, I want to say about this is I like how Disney cast Boba Fett, like the, they got like the kid. No, they from didn't. The prequel trilogy. They got that was the guy, playing no, like they got the child the, Boba So Fett the guy that was playing to, Jango Fett. Um, what's his thought, name? Um. So yeah, the guy that was playing Jango Fett. Um, Tamara Morrison. Yeah, he he played he played Jango Fett, and now he's that's, playing that's Boba it. Fett. That's the guy was playing Jango Fett. It makes sense Boba because Boba. technically. Um, Django. That's what I was thinking. Just like how all the other clones look like him as well. Was one of his clones, yes. That's what I was thinking. That's along the the lines of I was thinking. I made that mistake there because I'm like, yeah, because I saw the cast and I'm like, that name seems familiar. And I'm like, I had to look it up. I'm like, yeah, that was Django Fett. I was thinking he was the younger Boba Fett because I don't. I was thinking for some yeah. reason he was the kid was the younger Boba Fett, but he looks older and he's obviously older too. So I made that mistake there, but uh, that's one thing I like that they did too. And the connection there, you know, he was Jango Fett's clone, uh, yeah, made to look like in, his child. Makes, I like how Disney it, put she, that together um, there exactly. Bo-Katan, when she runs into Boba in the Mandalorian, she goes, uh, "I know this voice from anywhere." Talking about. Um, the clones she has heard throughout the galaxy, I believe, or she was talking about Django. Because Django, because Django was a, um, so Death Watch was, she was a talking Mandalorian, about... um, like clan. There was a Mandalorian clan and he was a part of Death Watch. He was a foundling. And so that's yes. how he got his, um, armor, uh, Mandalorian armor and stuff. And that is why she said, I know that voice anywhere because, uh, Boba, was just made like when they made the clones in episode two, they were all Django fat, but um, they were made to like grow yep. up faster. But he had one just produced to grow up like a normal child would, like slower. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like slower, like you know, raises raises his own child for the most part. Yeah, 
I, I caught, I did catch that actually, but I kind of like wasn't, you know, there's a lot to talk about in the Star Wars universe. It takes time and sometimes because like it's hard there, with so many connections and everything, like, you know, putting two and two together here sometimes is like, you know, because of those connections, putting two and two together a, a lot is like, you know, nerd when it comes it's to not Star Wars as simple universe, as it so sounds. Heavily. I know. And that's that's uh, why I'm glad we talked about this. I know that you and I could have conversations about this stuff. I know that me and you know somebody else that won't be named can have conversations about this stuff too, uh, and even Paiska as well. You know, um, uh, but uh, the thing is, though, is like I said, you know, I know, I know a good amount. You know, I putting two and two together sometimes, like you know, with the Star Wars universe, like it's not always there for me. It takes me a little bit because like there's so much now especially with everything going on right now. But, uh, yeah, I think that uh, we're going to move on to our final topic of my podcast, of the po- my podcast episode today. And I wanted to talk about a team, a soccer team that's actually coming to my city of Rochester that is called the Flower City Union. And it's not like an MLS club or anything like that. It's uh, like it's uh, I guess it's like a semi-pro, like a minor league team. Be in that like league thing, or no, they're not actually. They're going to be in a a different league called the NISA, the National Independent Soccer Association. Yep, they're going to be in that league. Um, I I wanted to talk about this because, like, first off, you know. I, well, we both love soccer, honestly, but I love that how my, how um, Rochester, like, it, Rochester's actually a huge soccer city. Did you know that? Yeah, I mean, like, it's, and uh, Rochester okay. Lancers are, they're the team that plays in the league that FC Buffalo plays in. They are, they actually have been around since the 70s, though. The original Rochester Lancers go back to the 60s and 70s and actually won, uh, a oh, North American wow, okay. Soccer League title in 1970, actually. Yeah, so Rochester's also the huge on huge uh, huge on Premier League fan bases too. Uh, I mean, like, um, there's a number of bars and uh, there's a number of bars here in Rochester like that allow like fan bases yeah. to like meet up like well in normal times not covid times obviously and and you know like on a saturday or sunday and watch their teams play i actually last not this past summer but two summers ago summer 2019 i actually was able to go to this place called the exchange uh close to downtown and me and some of my friends who are also united fans we watched the uh opening match of uh two of the season okay, against the that season place, against Chelsea when we beat them four yeah, nil four nil. I've always wanted to go to like a soccer bar, but I just never. Yeah, like, I just always felt like they're gonna be too packed. So yeah, there's no all... point to you know. That's oh yeah, no doubt right about it. I mean, the thing is, though, Buffalo has Mascade, but that's the only two soccer bars. I was like spending the night, make that trip up to Rochester because that would just get dangerous. That would be too dangerous. Well, Mesque, I mean, it also doesn't help that every bar in Buffalo is, except for Mesque, is yeah, open until 4 no, in the morning. You work. can't close at 4 a.m. and then reopen for a 7 a.m. kickoff. 
no one would want to work. Exactly. But I'm, I mean, I'm excited that so the uh, would, National Independent Soccer their, Association um, is allowing NISA? Rochester to get a second team would into the city, that honestly. Be their ninth team then in that league? Okay. I, I believe it would be around their eighth or ninth team, yes. They're, they're building up pretty quickly, good, honestly. Yeah, really this team was them. only announced like about a month and a half ago. Yeah, um, uh, the one of the guys that owns them is uh, Mark Wash. Mark Washoe. He was uh, working with the Rhino. He was actually working with the Rhinos before they uh, sadly got disbanded uh, because of everything that was going on with that franchise. Um, uh, but uh, he he's been he's known here around in Rochester as uh, like a top soccer executive, and but he's also worked with other teams in Major League Soccer and. Uh, and the old women's league and the old women's leagues as well before what before like the NWSL is now. But uh, one thing that intrigues me too, is like this team is having a partnership with the uh, sport management department of Fisher. That'll be a good opportunity for the people that are there. um, uh, Like that. That is cool. Exactly. Oh, a hundred percent. The chair of the sport, uh, the sport management department, Dr. Harrison, uh, you know, uh, he is going to, you know, have a stake at the table for the most part, help provide like uh, strategic uh, ideas, grow and grow the team and also provide uh, help, help provide opportunities for kids in the sport management department right now. And for years to come, uh, you know, use the team as a way to go into the field of sport management, which is wonderful, honestly. The only thing that makes me wonder is, like, where would they play? Because I know yeah. that, well, where the Rhinos play now, I don't know what they want to do with that stadium. And that's, either, that stadium's not in a, great play, in a great area either. There's not many, yeah, there's not many Fisher's too small. You like, can't play, you really play, can't play it at like, any college in Rochester. Play. Yeah. No. Yeah, except where the Rhinos play, and that's not a great area. That's not. That's not a great area. That stadium won't sell out for a I team mean, maybe like Fisher would be the best uh, a team in the NISA, in my opinion. I mean, that could How just. How is um, Brockport's soccer stadium? Maybe that's what they're trying to there. do. Actually, I mean. Brockport's is pretty, I mean, it's about the same size as Fisher's, uh, maybe just a little bit. Actually, no, it's a little bit bigger, actually. Uh, They could do Brockport, but Brockport's kind of out of the way in the middle of nowhere. Have you ever been to Brockport? Yeah, it's it's a nice campus. Yeah, it's in the middle of nowhere. I'm not huge on it. Uh, Nice campus, honestly, but the town, there's really nothing there. But uh, I I mean, I'm intrigued, honestly. I, I, you know, Put, um, uh, some games at that time when they come in. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, we've got the. But who knows how the world yeah, is now? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, uh, and the team's not supposed to start up right away yet either. And the thing is, too, is like we still got the Lancers out here in Rochester, but who knows how that league's going? I mean, they didn't play. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Lancers actually played this season. I know FC Buffalo played, but they only played like five games. But it's so hard to tell, honestly. Uh, I, I just wanted to bring that up because like, yeah. it's nice to see, like, you know, a country that like really doesn't 
on paper, like, really doesn't show interest in a sport that's so globally known, you know, have an impact, like, in a a small, like, a mid-sized city like Rochester. And the thing is, too, is, like, maybe potentially, like, you know, because this is happening in Rochester, maybe even back in Uh, Buffalo, maybe FC Buffalo can grow out of what they currently are in in their league and potentially move into some move move into something else, you know, bigger and better. Just more love for the game of soccer here. It's sad that they don't care about it. And it shows with our national team. I get, we are getting better, but it just shows that we don't care about soccer. Like the only time people care is every four years when a world cup comes up, if USA makes it. Like we have so much young. Exactly, exactly. It's pretty sad in Europe, my opinion. I agree with that too. I really do. They could actually I, and make I feel some noise like in the World Cup if they made it. But it just depends on everything office-wise if they actually want to put the money they in could. to make they really sure could. the players are getting like the training they need or even just like developmental programs over here to like say like Inter-Miami had like a developmental like camp that people from overseas would want to come play at. And we could compete with the biggest teams of the world. I get it would take years to get there just based on all the money they have, but it'll be cool to see stuff like that come into play. Mm-hmm. You need to have the right people in the right places to actually do that. And that's the kind of the problem here with a lot with a lot of teams. I mean, with a lot of teams and programs. But the thing is though, is like you're seeing in some areas of the country develop uh, have the right people in the right places. And I think that potentially this new team in the NISA will head in the right direction because they have, in my opinion, some decent good good decent people running the team and the chair of, of uh, Fisher sport management department is also say. big on soccer too. You'll love <laughs> this. He's a huge Liverpool fan. So he's your kind of guy, but, uh, but uh, he's huge in the soccer. He, you know, does his research on everything going on in the soccer world. So the input that he brings to the table there definitely helps too. Uh, like I said, you know, having top, uh, a top mid-level, a mid, a top mid-level mm-hmm. soccer exec like Mark Washoe being uh, part of the leadership group as well too, you know, it could go, could, it could see some good things here. Uh, like I said, though, it just makes me wonder like the direction of the Lancers and and the league that they're in along with FC Buffalo, um, uh, because the NISA is like they're building teams, they're expanding. They're allowing teams in new markets as well. But who knows? We'll see what happens once uh, once the team starts up, once uh, <laughs> things get back to normal, whenever that will be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Roll out the vaccines quicker. But um, uh, no, I just want to thank you that for having me out with here. That, honestly, uh, do you have any closing remarks? Almost two hours. But I... I had a lot of fun just sitting here and just talking to you. Like anytime, anytime no, you want to no, talk again, just let me know. Fine. I'd love to hop back on. This was fun and enjoyable for me. Again, yeah, I no. no, not a problem at all. It was a pleasure having you on, you know, fifth episode. Like I said, who would have thought I would have made it to a fifth episode? Who would have thought I would have had my first guest like right like right off the get-go too? But it was a pleasure having you on too. You know, hopefully you're more you are more than welcome to come on the show. 
any time if you just want you know hit me up we'll figure out topics to talk about like we did today if we go all over the place i honestly i'm expecting my guests that i bring on the show to go all over the place with me so it doesn't really matter um uh, it's okay um but yeah you're more than welcome to uh whenever you want to obviously with the time that whatever time yeah, that you perfect. have it's available you uh we can really just hit me up whenever that we'll make so it happen ever, yeah you just let me know i'll hit you up whatever it was definitely it was definitely a lot of fun give me some i may, better make exactly sure i have you come back next week perfect <laughs> Sick outro music. Oh, definitely. We'll have some sick outro music. Definitely. Um, uh, I'm actually, you're, you're coming back next week. I'm All making right. that announcement Perfect. right now. You're coming back next week. Uh, we're going to, we're going to preview the division round. We're going to preview the division round. You're coming back next week. Hopefully I have a couple other guests. Uh, uh, I'm in the works trying Perfect. to get a couple other, other people, uh, people I know uh, trying to Not join the I show. Maybe preview you, the division round too, but But uh, we need more of a more of an open panel. I agree there. But other than that, that concludes this episode of the Jerry's World podcast. Bills, baby. I'll try to be better All next right. time. Right. Stay safe, everybody. Uh-